my God. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay, What's the procedure? stay calm. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Stay calm. That's right, everybody. Stay calm and listen to another episode of the Hail Mary Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, my name is Adam, and on the other line, we have Mr. 90 Points in a Fantasy Football PPR League. That's right. Coming live from San Francisco, California, we have Devin Sparks. Devin, how are you, bud? Well, I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't know that I was going to be saved it all because I knew. I'm not. I'm not really happy that that happened. Like, I don't know what to say. I guess I'll just have to own it. Oh yeah. Well, you gave, but, uh, you gave me shit for it a couple weeks ago when I had well, 112. Well, I think anyone starting Kurt Cousins got kind of screwed last week. So that wasn't uh, that wasn't my entire bad way. I did get I did get slapped with the MVP going out. So it was. Uh, it was Who's the MVP one. again? So everyone knows what you're talking about. Uh, that's Greg the Leg. Greg the leg. And who did you go Greg. with the kicker instead? Uh, oh shit. Robbie Gold. Robbie Gold. He wasn't golden Robbie. for you, huh? He was not. I, I don't think he'll be starting for me this week. I think, maybe, uh, maybe you acquired the curse that apparently uh, descended upon the San Francisco 49ers last weekend. Jesus Christ. What a mess. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're back. This is episode number four. Uh, we're trying to make it work here with Devin all the way uh, up north, doing some work. Probably the great, the great white north, the great white north of San Francisco. Devin, have you have you been to the Golden Gate Bridge yet? Uh, yeah, dude. This ain't my first rodeo in San Francisco. I'm my talking friend. about this specific trip. Have you been there on this trip? I have not been there on this trip, and I'm so. What is this? What is this? Like a, a late night show? Like asking me about what other projects I have coming up and shit. So this Devin, what's what's your next uh, movie movie role going to be? I mean, I'm reading the DCU app right now, so I might watch Batman and Robin. That was terrible. Well, instead of being on that app, why don't you join the podcast that we're doing together? Well, no, I'm on the podcast now. Before I was. You're making this very un- unsettling for That's me. I don't funny. think I like you in the whole how was your fantasy, at all. How was your fantasy football weekend? My fantasy football weekend was dog farts, and you know it. It was, uh, I it was not good. So, well, that was dog farts. I lost by by two points. I uh, so my my as you well know, my strategy going into this year was target uh, Mark Ingram, and he was going to be one of my top running backs. So my whole goal was to go two and two. Uh, in both leagues until week four or week five when he comes back, and then I have my legitimate threat. So I'm I'm pulling it off in one league right now with the the two and one record, but I'm I'm uh, I'm one and two in the other league, and I'm 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 trying to hold my shit together. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, uh, my team seems to have come to life this past weekend as well, and the one league I'm in, the other league I'm I'm one and two. Uh, but I'm one and two in both leagues, actually. So, one league, the one league. So I won. please take our advice. Hey, you know what? There's plenty <laughs> of people out there who are experts who are not doing well either. Because there's been a lot. No, of... no, and that's no, that's fine. That's this is. And by the way, we are experts at this. We've kicked ass at fantasy for over ten years, 
And it's not a problem. This is how you adjust. You adjust on the fly. Uh, you might, like you did with the mega blockbuster trade last week, you didn't like the way your team was playing out, so you made your adjustments. Yeah, and you won. I did win. And I think I'll win this week too. But we'll see. I've got, a, I've got a lineup decision to make regarding my running backs, which are now deeper than I thought they were. That's what she said. Uh, but anyway, um, let's talk a little bit about the uh, some of the news from this past weekend. Uh, what do you think one of the bigger stories was coming out of this fantasy weekend? Uh, for me, Elvin Kamara. The guy's insane. He just keeps going and going. He's a Leonard Jarser bunny. But, I mean, I think, what did he get, 30 touches last week? 30 he's touches been, for the week? Yeah, he's 30, been getting an what, insane what, amount of touches, which is, I mean, last year he was doing it with getting, like, 10 touches a game like he wasn't doing which as an ingram owner i'm very happy about keep getting all those touches buddy and then miss practice today keep doing that keep doing what you're doing week five little ingram's gonna come in swoop in and uh it'll, it'll be all right i'm happy with that yeah good luck i mean good luck with that i'm sure it'll go well <laughs> thank you <laughs> that absolutely will go well. i don't know what it I don't know. He was an RB, he was an RB one last year. He's still going to be an RB one this year. I know Kamara's doing great, but Kamara's a friggin' wide receiver one, so I don't have to worry about him. If you're an Ingram owner right now, I don't think you're shitting your pants at all. You're you're ready to go. You're ready to plug him in, and there's no questions asked. He's going to be plugged in your RB one or two every week. Um, I think one of the the bigger stories I saw was the, and I guess it's kind of it was on the Sunday night game, so you kind of saw a lot of it, and uh, that was the New England offense. Uh, a lot of guys, Rex Burkhead's now on the IR. He was a guy who was getting picked up in a lot of drafts. Uh, Brady struggled in a couple of games this year. Uh, Edelman's not back yet. We don't know what we're getting from Josh Gordon. And Gronk has actually been pretty disappointing points-wise. I think he'll come back to what he was. But I, I just think this is a slow start. But a lot of people think that this might be the end. Nah, they're fine. Yeah, they're fine. I'm not worried about it. It's not an issue. Yeah, year after year, Tom Brady's not. He's older, but he's not any worse. Uh, Gronk's not any worse. None of these guys are worse. Right now, they're having to deal with Hogan as their their wide receiver one. So he's going to get beat by cornerbacks all day long. Once they have Gordon on one side, Edelman on the other, <laughs> Hogan in there, Gronk. I mean, the team's going to look entirely different. I don't think anyone... Uh, let's say week six or seven of this year is concerned that the the Patriots are not the team that they were in the past. So, yeah. and if you if own you, a Patriots if, player, go ahead and trade them to me because I'll take them. Yeah, I actually think. Uh, I mean, Calvin Ridley is a big story uh, that came up this week. Obviously, second week in a row, putting up big numbers. Uh, Tyler Boyd's starting to kick ass again, uh, like like he was thought to have in the preseason. Um, so those are big. Obviously, if you're, they're available, add them this week. Um, but uh, for me, my, my two biggest stories are this. At the, at the beginning of the year, I was staying away from Rams receivers and Lions receivers. Not because they weren't good, but because they were all good. And you didn't know who was going to go off. As of right now, they're just all going off. So yeah. I'm, if, I have any, if I have any Rams receivers, if I have any uh, Lions receivers, I'm starting them every single week. Uh, um, I have no problem with that whatsoever. And I have confidence in all those guys, and not only that, but if if there's an owner out there who doesn't know what they're doing at the moment, if they're a little frustrated, say, with like a Cooper Cup or 
uh, Golden Tate because they think they should be getting more points out of them. I'm probably targeting them too. I think you can get them relatively cheap. I don't know that anyone's going to be holding on too tight with those guys, but they absolutely could be played in a flex or, or a wide receiver too, I think, with, with pretty good confidence. Yeah, I mean, like I said last week, I, I, I just have a lot of worries about that, like in terms of like just you're starting guys that like, yeah, for the most part, you think they're going to get those points, but I don't know. I just like there's going to be a week where like it could even be this week with the Rams. They're playing on Thursday night. They're playing against the Vikings, and I mean, all oh, the Vikings. <laughs> yeah, that's another story. Yeah, that, that's that's. I want to. Get... I'm gonna call. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give him a mulligan on that. I, I think. I think they got steamrolled because they were probably looking ahead to the next week. Uh, I don't know that Buffalo does that again. Obviously, they're they're improving week by week, but. Uh, I wouldn't expect that again. Not I wouldn't expect that from the Bills, and I wouldn't expect that out of the out of the Vikings. So. I think the Vikings were just really preparing since Week One for the Nathan Peterman show, mm. and they were completely taken aback by the Josh Allen show. Oh, that's so rough. Yeah, yeah, to have to do that and have it just flip a switch like that—you can't do that. Because Josh Allen, as you all know, is is the next Cam Newton. For so sure. Be careful. I mean, he. He was a top ten pick in the draft for a reason, so. I, I think yeah, because the GM made a mistake. That was the reason. But I think if you have, uh, if there's another thing you could do, is add. I'm adding Cleveland players. I, I with with Baker Mayfield in there. It's a completely different offense. The guy can actually get people the ball. Uh, he's going to have to keep the de- the defense is going to have to play on us now because they know that before Tyrod Taylor couldn't throw the ball. So they were playing up. They're going to be blitzing no matter what. So this is going to open up the game, I think, for the running backs on the team. So Duke Johnson, who's suffered all year, I'm still not picking him up and playing him. Uh, but Carlos Heidel, I, I think he'll have more opportunity for points moving forward. I think uh, Njoku is a guy who's who's actually playable now. You could stream him or pick him up and, and, and plug him in this week. So if if I don't have Cleveland guys and there's a couple available, I might, be, I might look at adding them on my bench. Definitely. Uh, and you kind of glossed over them a little bit, but I do want to talk about Calvin Ridley and Tyler Boyd. If you had a choice, like if you had the first waiver spot between to yourself out of those two guys, who do you think going forward is the more valuable guy? I'm taking Ridley just because I think he has more trade value. I don't know that I'm going to start Ridley every week. Um, it's, I mean, Matt Ryan can't seem to get Julio Jones the ball in the end zone, so Ridley's good for the time being, at least as a stand-in for. Uh, someone who can catch the ball in the end zone or before the end zone, and and, and the end goal was that there's a touchdown from that catch. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't sold on him at the beginning of the season. Even right now, I, I, I still don't know how sold I am on him moving forward. He looks like obviously the number two option on that team, which works for guys like a Juju Smith-Schuster that you can see it's it's fun. like uh, Mike Williams over in, in uh, on the Chargers right now. There's plenty of guys that. Being second fiddle isn't necessarily second fiddle this year. It's it's opening up lots of opportunities. Well, I mean the Viking, uh, the Falcons definitely do have a number two receiver, and that number two receiver is Julio Jones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At least at this point. I mean, if you look at it, like it's another Matt Ryan has been playing exceptional the last couple of weeks. Shut your filthy mouth. Uh, in in part, do a lot to Calvin Ridley. Like, Mohamed Sanu was always a guy that everybody started in fantasy every, every year. And, like, he was the Falcons' number two receiver. So, 
that offense can produce a number two wide receiver, especially with Devontae Freeman out. All they're going to be doing is passing. Like, why wouldn't you have a guy like that on your team? You know what I mean? How hard is it to be a tight end in the NFL? Why is it that these why is it that these quarterbacks who can sling the ball to everyone else can't get the ball to tight ends? Why is it that tight end is such a, a, a crapshoot this year? I mean, uh, more so than years past. I mean, obviously, tight, end, have tight ends are supposed to be blockers. No. And just, you know, there's a lot. You know, I mean, I don't know why they just don't send them out more now. I mean, because, I mean, there's really nothing. If you don't block the quarterback, they get hit and there's a penalty called. So you might as well just leave them unblocked and let the guys tickle them, and then their penalties get called for rushing the, the passer. Thing, all right, Drew, Drew Brees made a star out of Jimmy Graham. Okay, he, it's clear that he can work well with the tight end, and I, I don't obviously Watson's probably not of the same caliber, but that doesn't mean that that he can't play up with Drew Brees. With uh, with, with Matt Ryan, he had um, oh god, why am I forgetting his name? Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez, jeez, yeah, I just had a brain fart there. Yeah, Tony Gonzalez on the team for the longest time. I mean, again, Tony probably helped make Matt Ryan, well, yeah. to be honest. But the, it, there's another guy that was working well with the tight end. I know a lot of this has to do with play calling and the offensive coordinators, but it drives me nuts. I feel like nowadays you can't do anything with tight ends. Not in fantasy, anyway. I mean, other than the top, like, three or four, I mean. Right, but I, don't, I feel like the... I feel like the rest of the pack was still putting up points five, six years ago. That's, that's no, what I'm it was saying. worse a couple of years ago. There weren't like tight end is, has been traditionally like a barren wasteland position for fantasy. Like if you didn't like it back in the couple of years ago, if you didn't get Gonzalez or Gates, like you were screwed at tight end because nobody else got the ball. Like, can you think of another valuable tight end in fantasy other than those guys? Like, Five six years ago, not counting Graham, like there was a point. Yeah. There was a point on the Patriots where Gronkowski was, and Hernandez were both like crapshoots. Like either one of those guys, like it wasn't like always just go oh, with Gronkowski, and but it was it was Hernandez too. Like yeah, Gates was a great option. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of good options. You had Julius Thomas was a great option. Julius to, Thomas to was everything. like a touchdown dependent guy, and Julius Thomas was really only. Like a crazy guy, a good guy to own in that Peyton Manning 50 touchdown season. Before we go, I have a question for you. Before we move on to some of the other segments that we have lined up, right now is the time people are starting to get involved in trade talks. Okay, as you know, I'm a, I'm an Ingram owner. And for myself, I, Carlos Hyde has emerged, and I think he's only going to do better with uh, with Baker Mayfield now. So I have I actually have Hyde and Ingram in both leagues. What in, What, in your opinion, is the value of, Evan Ingram this is right now. trying to negotiate with me over the podcast, but he's trying to do no, it no, subtly. No, no, I'm serious. I'm serious because because I've gotten offers for Ingram, which I won't touch. I, I they, he's viewed in some in some cases. So obviously, anyone who's on your team, you're going to value higher than who's who's not on your team. That's just that's science. So even if they suck, <laughs> their value in your head is is still better than anyone on waivers, anyone in free agency, and and for the most part on other teams as well. But what is the true value of Ingram right now? You know, I want to say it's a it's an RB one RB like kind of around there, but like I think just people kind of forget how much Mark Ingram sucked before like the last year and a half. Like Mark Mark Ingram was terrible, like before Alvin Kamara got there. Even the year before Kamara got there, he was okay, but he, 
he wasn't like somebody that you ran out to get in fantasy every year. He was the guy you always heard was going to be the breakout candidate, and then he just didn't do anything. So that's like when when I hear people trying to pitch me like a a Mark Ingram trade, I just go, if I'm basing everything off of last year, like if I had never seen Mark Ingram before, like if that was the first year he had, I would easily make a trade for that guy. But because I had seen him for five years before that do pretty much nothing, I don't really want a piece of that. Like, and, and I think that's a little different than, uh, you know, I think that's a little different than having like a Julian Edelman who's been suspended and stuff like that. And he was injured too. He was injured too. So there's a risk when it comes to Edelman too. Like there's two guys this year that were like Edelman and Ingram. I can't remember a year where there were two guys of that ilk that went into the season suspended and with so much like potential get when you get them back. You know what I mean? But if I'm looking at an Ingram trade, if I'm the person who owns him, I am willing to probably take on whatever I'll get for him. As long as it's something I value. So what do you think the value? This is, this is the question. What's the value then? I think, so let's say a Le'Veon Bell owner offers you Bell for Ingram straight up. Is, do you think, do you have enough faith that Bell's going to play later this year? Yeah. For what team? Doesn't matter. I'm, I, See, I think it doesn't I, matter. I, I, I think if you have to find a team like the Jets, then, it, then it's a no go. I don't think you can do it. I, I, consi- I considered last week throwing an offer out to the Bell owner in our league, offering Edelman. Now, yeah, I don't. Edelman right now is not that, but in three weeks, if Edelman is showing himself to be a top ten PPR receiver again, I don't think people are going to turn that down if Bell hasn't played yet. But. Would I trip? Would I have? Would I have gone back in time and traded Kareem Hunt for Le'Veon Bell? Yes, because the potential of getting him back is more than what I'm getting from the guy I'm trading away. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna throw out some names just yes or no for for what Ingram's value is at this point in time. Now this okay? is this is what I trade uh, Ingram for these guys. Like if somebody offered me this guy, you're gonna name for Ingram, would I take the trade? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Keenan Allen. Yes. Absolutely. So you're taking no, no. I'm saying so. If you're okay, if you're the Ingram owner, you're taking Keenan Allen. Now, if you're the Keenan Allen owner, are you taking Ingram? No, I want more than just Ingram for him. Okay, so this is so. So let's do fair value. Let's do a fair value trade. That's that's. Let's talk fair value. What is his value worth right now? Having not this seen him play this year. Mm-hmm. See, having four fresh weeks behind him, having Kamara be run into the ground. See, that's, been playing yeah, that's the problem with trading him right now is you haven't this, seen this it, so you're not going to get what you think is his value. That's the problem. Okay. Like if you're if you're if you're if you're the Keenan Allen are you taking Mark Ingram? Are you doing Maybe that? Depends trade? On, it depends. It depends. Depends on what though. Well, it depends on your your roster. Maker, you really obviously. think you, you really think back? that Keenan Allen. You really think that losing Keenan Allen. You really think that you're you're trading away one of the ten best wide receivers in fantasy for a running back that maybe is in the top fifteen. This is what I'm saying. It depends on your roster makeup because for a team like mine, I are, I'm already going to have three wide receivers in the top fifteen. For sure. So if I so if I built my team that way and I don't have running backs to back it up, then I probably I look at that. Well, if you have no running backs, you're not going to consider trading Ingram away. You're talking right, no, about, you're talking talking about, about a running back him. needy team trading mm-hmm. for Ingram 
when they have a depth of wide receivers, right? Right. So if, in that instance, sure, I'm not doing that trade for Keenan Allen. So do you think do you think Fournette and Ingram are at the same value level at the moment? At the moment, probably, yeah. Yeah, okay. I don't particularly think Fournette is super valuable right now, but I don't own him, and I don't. I've never particularly. I like him as a player. He's just never healthy. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And then you have Doug Baldwin, right? So what's his value right now? He's he's coming off of an injury. He was injured before the season started. Uh, overcompensated, hurt his other leg. So obviously you know what he's capable of doing. You know his relationship with uh, with Russell Wilson, and, and you know the type of players they are when they're in each other's company. So what is Doug Baldwin's value uh, value at the moment? You know, do you value him where he was last year? Obviously not, right? He said it himself. He's going to be at what eighty five percent. So what what's the value for Doug Baldwin? I think it's a value that is very much forgettable, and that'll take us to our first segment of the week, which is always is. Forgive or forget. Forgive or forget. You like that? That was awesome. Yeah, I love it. I think it's great. I think me doing what I want to do is great for this podcast. You're gonna hate it. I'm. I think what you should do. If if you're gonna if you're gonna say for for, you think it's forgettable, I hope you're starting off with a wide receiver, and you bet and you better be saying you're forgetting Doug Baldwin. I am. No, I'm not forgetting Doug Baldwin, but I had to come up with a segue to this segment, and that was the segue that I had. But uh, okay. let's get to let's get to your forgive for the week that is happening right now. Okay, well, I'll start with quarterback. I think this is an easy one. I think if you're Carson Wentz owner last week, you're going to forgive his performance his first week back. Didn't have all his tools there. This week he's going to be going up against the uh, the mighty Colts. No, what who are they playing? They're playing Tennessee, the mighty Titans of Tennessee. Uh, I, I don't think that's going to be a hard game for them. I think it's. I think they're just, he's going to be having the opportunity to put up a lot of points. So, so you don't think I'm he's going to remember Carson the Titans? Wentz if I don't think he's going to remember the Titans. I think he's going to remember how good he is, and he's going to far exceed expectations against the Titans. So I'm, I'm playing Carson Wentz if I have him. Yeah, that's a real hot take there, Devin. Thank you. I'm the hottest taker there is. Speaking of hot, my forgive is Tom Brady. Like I said earlier, I just think that we do this every year with the Patriots where they give up on them and they say, oh, this is the year where they're all going to fall apart. And that was a weird game on Sunday night against the Lions. Uh, Belichick seems to get beaten by his uh, assistants a lot, but his assistants never seem to do anything other than being able to beat him. But uh, in any event, I just think that Tom Brady is somebody I'd like to forgive. Forgive. Okay. Well, I'm going to forget Kirk Cousins. I'm going to forget that uh, performance he did last week. And I'm, but I'm going to remember, and that's why I'm forgetting about playing him this week. I'm not playing him this week against the Rams on a short week. There's no effing way. Really? I think. Uh, I, I hope he does well. I hope he does well. I think he has all the tools in front of him to play really well. I just there's no way I'm playing uh, Kirk Cousins against the Rams on on Thursday night. Well, what about the Rams? Happen. Scares you right now? Everything about the Rams scares me. They put up points. They march up and down the field. Uh, they have two great defensive linemen uh, who haven't wreaked havoc just yet, but it's only a matter of time. Uh, Aaron Donald, you know, did his uh, – yeah, he 
he stayed out of camp while they were working out his contract details. But, I mean, that's his preseason. The first three games are basically his preseason. He's ready to go now. So um, <laughs> they couldn't stop the Bills last week. I have no uh, confidence in them whatsoever to, to stop the, the Rams. Yeah, but if they don't stop the Rams, it only means Cousins is going to have to pass more. Yeah, he is going to have to pass if he can get if he can get rid of the ball. If he doesn't fumble the ball, if he's not getting sacked the entire game, uh, I imagine he's going to look like you know a flapjack at the game with a helmet on the end of it. So yeah. I'm staying away from him. I hope I, I hope that he does well because then I want to be able to play him in weeks moving forward uh, if, if he's playing a tough matchup. Um, but I'm forgetting about playing him this week if I have a better quarterback. I think that's, that's a so huge. Much. I think that's a huge mistake on your part, but that's. Just my opinion. Hey, I hope I'm wrong. Like I said, I hope I'm wrong, man. Because that secondary wrong, is banged up. Both starting corners are out. Like, easy. To, it's going to be a easy pickings for old Kirky on Thursday night. Hey, I hope so. Uh, you heard it here first. Bench him and also play him. Did I say bench him? I said bench him. Oh, I, I said say, forget it. I say play him. There you go. Uh, you should definitely bench my forget, and that's Josh Allen. I know it was impressive what he did against that Vikings defense, and I know the whole uh, jumping over the lineman was cool. He's an idiot. But he's still on the Bills, and I still want to forget about pretty much everything I saw in that weird-ass game on Sunday. <laughs> And I'm a big Nathan well, Peterman uh, fan, so I want him back in the starting lineup. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware. I was going to say, last week we forgot about Dak Prescott, uh, Sam Bradford, Keenum, uh, and Allen. And Allen, of, of the four of them, is the only one to put up any points that were worth a damn. So, and one of those guys uh, I don't expect him to... One of them was benched. I don't expect him to do that again. Um, for uh, for running backs, though, uh, moving on, I'm going to forgive Leonard Fournette. It's looking like T.J. Yeldon's not going to play. Uh, Fournette's probably going to play. I absolutely expect him to go ham this weekend. Uh, he'll get the carries. I don't know. You know, uh, we'll see if the injury holds up. But um, I expect him to get a touchdown or two. <coughs> it's good. Uh, I think he was. Everyone expected him to play last week, didn't they? And then he just kind of didn't. We, like I said, like I said last week, he's just a weird player. Like everybody just kind of expects him to play, and then he just doesn't. I, I don't know. Uh, for, for me, I'm going to forgive uh, Latavius Murray because I think, again, on Thursday night, if Dalvin Cook doesn't play, that was a weird game Sunday. I still think Latavius Murray has value if Dalvin Cook doesn't play. I think in a normal... He's still got eight points, which isn't great, but it's still much better than what it should have been in a game that played That's out the way that's... about Sunday as much as Kirk Cousins got. I think Kirk Cousins got about 12 points, but I see I, I see your point. You're a little bitter. You're a little upset. Don't play him. Don't, yeah, don't play him. Yeah, don't play him on a Thursday night. I mean, I, I'm try, I mean, I would avoid most players on Thursday night, too, but... If yeah, you, but that's the difference. Yeah, I play golf all day. Goff's looking great. I mean, he's going to be—he's looking like he's going to be consistently at twenty to twenty-five a week as his. Yeah, most people don't have that seller. scenario. If you have that scenario between Cousins and Goff, yes, play Goff. But most people don't have that scenario to play out. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, 
I'm going to forget for running back. I'm going to go ahead and forget uh, Rolls Royce. <laughs> I'm I'm not playing Freeman, not for a while. He, he has, I don't know what's going on with that coaching staff. Lindsey punching people in the face last week. I, I think Lindsey's, Lindsey's going to come back. I don't think he's going to be punished by the team. I think he's looking like a better fantasy option moving forward. So uh, Royce Freeman's a guy I'm, I'm going to forget about him. and I'm not putting him on my team this week if I have him on it. He's not going on the lineup, that's for damn sure. But are you cutting him? Am I cutting him? No, I'm not cutting him. I'm holding on to him, and I'm hope if I'm a Royce Freeman owner, I'm hoping that that Lindsey decides he'd he'd rather play Dungeons and Dragons than football on Sunday, and then I have an opportunity to plug in Royce Freeman. And that's what I'm doing. Now, in this scenario where Lindsey decides to play Dungeons and Dragons, is he retiring to p- he, pursue a full time career here, or? I mean, he's the Dragon Master, I think, or the Dungeon Master, so he's going to have to. He's, it's going to take a lot of time. Probably the whole season. Ah, okay. Well, I will keep an eye on that for you. The the Dungeons and Dragons watch with uh, Lindsay. Uh, I'm gonna forget <laughs> for now. If if we could get him his nickname on Twitter to be the Dungeon Master for now on, <laughs> I think that'd be great. Uh, I'm gonna forget about uh, Isaiah Crowell, and not because of what I think about his ability, but because. So far this season, we've seen both Jets guys kind of be relevant in different weeks. So I just don't think this is ever going to be a backfield that you're going to be able to figure out. I still think that there's a minuscule chance they make some kind of trade. I'm not saying it's Le'Veon Bell, but I honestly wouldn't be shocked. But I think that that's more, it's more likely he's, if Le'Veon Bell gets traded, he's going to a team in the NFC. That's just what I think. So you're for, you're forgetting about Crowell. I mean, I, even if even if you believe in him, you're not starting him against the Jaguars this week. He's he's sitting firmly on your bench. I don't have I don't have a matchup at any point where I believe that I'm starting him at all. Like yeah, I, you do. You're starting him if he plays if he plays the Colts. You're starting him. No, because that could be the week that Powell goes off. I don't know. Like Powell is is running. I'm not well worried too. about Powell. I wasn't either, but now when I watch the games and I see how they split, they split carries. Like that's how it ru- that's how it goes. And if you look at it the way the Jet season should play out, they're going to be down in a lot more games than they're going to be winning. So when they're losing, you're going to go to the passing down back, which is Powell. It's not Crowell. Crowell scored two touchdowns last week. I think mostly because they were playing the Browns and they wanted him to feel good about himself. But they still lost. The fucking Jets lost to the Browns. Nobody's beaten the Browns in two years, and of course, it's the fucking New York Jets that lose to the Browns. So. I mean, the Browns haven't won in two years, but I hear you. I'm with you. I mean, it feels like uh, the Jets haven't won in two years either, so whatever I said, <laughs> it's all true. Well, listen, you, you need, just calm down and forgive the Jets, because I'm going to forgive Julio Jones and Tyree Kill this week at wide receiver. I think it's a no-brainer. I, I wouldn't get too... I wouldn't get too concerned with that. Julio Jones not finding the end zone is a little concerning. Uh, and then Tyree Kill, my, my only real concern with that is that offense. I, I can't decide on whether or not I think the ball is going to keep getting spread around like it is. Uh, Sammy Watkins is a guy that I don't believe should have any fantasy value, but the last two weeks he has. So I, I'm keeping a close eye on that situation. I, eventually they're going to figure out Patrick Mahomes. And 
even when they do, I still think Tyree Kill is going to be the guy that's going to be getting the majority of targets, catches, touchdowns, yards after catch. You name it, I think he's going to lead every category on that team. So, uh, Yeah, and I'd like to forgive A.J. Green. Uh, I just think that uh, with the emergence of Tyler Boyd, I think that's only going to make A.J. Green's value a little more. And old Mr. Broken Back, Tyler Eifert, showed some life finally last weekend after being pretty much irrelevant since the beginning of the season. So I think if those two guys start to pick it up a little bit, then I feel like A.J. Green's value only exceeds Devin. Do you, do you feel me on that one? I don't feel you. I don't feel you. I don't I don't like that at all. But I do like A.J. Green. I think A.J. Green's going to be fine. I don't think anyone's worried about him. I am actually worried about Marquise Goodwin. Now that now that Garoppolo's out, I think Marquise Goodwin goes back to the dumps, and I, I'm not I'm not playing. I'm not touching him. Forget it. I'm dropping him from my team if I have him. Is there I don't a, think is there a forty dollars player that you're not dropping right now? Yeah, Brita. I like Brita. I think he's going to do fine. I think he'll continue to do well. They're going to have to move the ball up the field one way or another. He's not going to have his eight yards per carry that he's had this thus far this year. But Alfred Morris clearly isn't the guy on that team. So. If I'm looking at anyone, I'm looking at I'm looking at Breda, and I think Kittle's value goes up a little bit as well. So those are the two guys that I might plug in if I have them. Yeah, I don't know about too many Niners guys I want to hold on to, uh, but to your same point from earlier, my forget for this week is Sammy Watkins. Um, I just feel like at some point when this slows down, somebody on that team is going to suffer. And I don't think it's going to be Kelsey. And I'm I'm 50-50 on Hill and Watkins about which one it's going to be. But right now I would probably say Watkins is the one. It just seems like Mahomes has a better connection with Hill. Uh, but, I mean, at the same time, like, that offense, like... So when you think that offense finally calms down, it's it's obviously going to be a good offense. But, like... Who do you think are going to be the highest scoring players on that team when the season's over, other than Mahomes? Like, when all is said and it's done, gonna, it's going to be Kelsey and it's going to be Hill. And I think, uh, I, I think, man, I almost think Hunt's going to be a non-factor. I think a lot of people are going to be really disappointed with his performance at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, he had two touchdowns last week, but he still only had like twenty-eight yards or something like that. So that's just he's Devin cracking his neck. He, so don't worry about it. Mahomes is. <laughs> Mahomes isn't passing the ball to the good. So, I mean, that, that's what a lot of his value came from last year. He's not getting checkdowns anymore. So, if I can trade Hunt right now for some higher value, if, if I value someone else higher than Hunt, uh, whether it's a receiver or a tight end, it doesn't matter to me. If I can get more value out of what I perceive Hunt to get, uh, I'm doing I'm pulling the trigger now. For sure. I traded Kareem Hunt and I won my game the next week because of that trade. There you go. Because Devin Funch has got 16 points last week. Um, I'm actually going to do my forgive or forget for tight end just back to back. Because they kind of like are one and one with each other. So And then you can do yours. But uh, my forgive for last week would be Zach Ertz. Because I just think, you know, obviously it's, it's Wentz's first game back. A lot of, it was, the weather was bad. A lot of just the weird things about that game. And then the forget is Dallas Goddard. Now, I'm going to get back to this later when we talk about other stuff, but I still think Ertz is the number th- the number three tight end. Uh, 
in fantasy, but I think he's closer to four or five now than he was to three. Like he would like instead of going to one, I feel like he's closer to falling back. If that makes sense. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I, I think uh, with Wentz back now, I think you're going to see things change a little bit. But uh, at the beginning, it was a little rough. So well, yeah. So Alshon Jeffrey's part probably playing this week mm-hmm. is what it sounds like. So then they're going to have their full complement of receivers again. They're going to have Jeffrey. They're going to have Algalore. They're going to have Ertz. Ajahi will probably be back as their primary running back. What a weird weekend that was with their running backs when you clearly think it's going to be Clement because he's the one that comes in when Jahi's hurt. And then it ends up being Smallwood that gets the touchdown and then like the majority of the work. You know what I mean? So who knows? Sometimes it's – but even Clement, who did nothing almost, got 10 points. So when you have a guy on a good offense who does almost nothing, you're still going to get something out of that player. You know what I mean? But uh, that that's my forgive and forget for tight end. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to forgive Gronk. I, I think you know we talked about the Patriots moving on and getting better. That's it. And then again, I'm going to forget Njoku. Uh, or I'm going to forgive Njoku. Last week, uh, his two catches came once Baker Mayfield got in the game. I think he only got like 36 yards or something like that. But if he's able to do that in half a game, uh, put up five or six points, I think he should easily be able to put up uh, 10 points this week. And I think moving forward, he's a guy that's going to be trending upward and you should start targeting on waivers or free agency. Uh, forget, I'm, I'm still forgetting uh, Seals Jones, man. Uh, I know that they have Rosen there. Uh, he's going to have a new quarterback throwing him the ball, but there's no way in hell that I'm trusting that team. Even I think I'm, I, I think Fitz should do okay with Rosen, but I'm sitting him again until I see what they can do. Uh, with his hamstring fitting uh, or his hamstring healing, and then seeing how they fit together in that offense. What is your best seal impersonation? Art, art, art. I was talking about seal the musician, Devin. Grow oh, up. Uh, oh. <laughs> um, can I ask you just one question before we move on? How long before you let these people start to hurt you, Devin? We keep forgiving some people? of these guys. We've forgiven Gronk almost this whole season. We've forgiven Njoku almost every week. At what point do we say, listen? Well, no, things are much. looking up for them. Things are looking up for them. You're going to have Edelman back. You're going to have uh, Gordon on the side. So that's going to leave Gronk wide open again. And Njoku's just upgraded with his quarterback. So I'm happy with that. These, these, these are, you're forgiving them with good reason. So Josh Gordon is Tom Brady's side piece is what you're saying. It is a side piece. <laughs> well, that was a Hail Mary of a joke by me. Uh, so now we're going to move on. Lord, that was an awful one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I have to do a segue because that's how these things work. You have to move on to the next segment in a way that makes sense to people who are listening. Um, oh, I get it. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's Audio 101, Devin. You would know that if you were in the same room as me, but you have to travel for work, quote-unquote. Yeah. So busy. Very busy. Going to Padre games. There you go. He went all the way to San Francisco to see a Padre game, guys. (laughs) Mr. San Francisco Devin Sparks is what I'm going to call you. But anyway, let's do some Hail Mary plays, Devin. Let's do it. I'm going to give you three names. 
and you're going to tell me if you object to any of these three names. These are guys that are <coughs> not widely available. You need some help. Let's say you're on a bye week. You have Alex Smith as your starting quarterback. Why would you? I don't know. Let's go more with Cam Newton as your starting quarterback. All right. Here's two quarterbacks I'm going to give you right off the top that you could pick up and start this week and feel good about. And that's Baker Mayfield and Eli Manning. Any objections? Uh, I'm not sold on Eli, man. I'm not sold on Eli. I'm, I'm more sold on Baker Mayfield than I am on Eli. Baker Mayfield's got more options at this point, uh, in my opinion, and Eli just hasn't been able to put together a good game yet. So that's where I am with that. Okay. Uh, for the record, uh, Eli Manning had 19 points last week in a standard league. So that means in your league he had four more points than that, so he had 22 points. So he has put together a good game, and now he's playing a Saints team that just allowed Calvin Ridley to score three touchdowns on them. Fair enough. I think uh, I think for me, if I'm throwing up a Hail Mary, I'm, I'm probably going to go with Ryan Tannehill. I don't like that <sighs> offense. I don't even like that team right now. But uh, Tannehill's put up a decent amount of points the last two weeks. He just put up thirty about 30 points uh, against Oakland, and he's going up against New uh New England, who hasn't done anything against quarterbacks at all this year. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, if I have Cam Newton uh, on bye week, I, I'm okay with picking up uh, Ryan Tannehill, and I think he could put up 30 points. You talked about earlier about a quarterback who uh, uh, you know is going to be playing from behind. I think they're obviously going to be playing from behind this game, and he's going to have an opportunity to put up 33 to 35 points. Okay. Um, I, think, I don't like it. If I have a better quarterback, I'm, I'm doing it. But um, if I have Cam Newton and he's out, that's what I'm rolling with. I wouldn't start Ryan Tannehill if you put a gun to my head and told me you'd give me a million dollars to do it. I would never do it. That seems silly. I would take the money. But you have to also get shot. No, I thought it was you don't get shot if you put in Tannehill. It's a riddle. That's how riddles work. <laughs> Fair enough. It's like trying to read the calories on a bag of popcorn. So, with running back, we have the only running back of note. Sorry, there are two running backs of note if you count Adrian Peterson, which I don't. But Christian McCaffrey is on a bye this week. So, if Christian McCaffrey is out, do you have a Hail Mary play that you would start for him? Yeah, I'm pulling up the sucker puncher himself. I'm putting Phil Plunsey in. I already said I don't think that Royce Freeman's going to do anything. I think uh, you're going to have an opportunity with Lindsey. I think they're probably going to be trailing, um, so I think it's I think it's safe enough to put Lindsey in as your guy. I, I probably going up against Kansas City. He's going to put up points all day long. They're going to gosh, Keenum's going to be dumping it off to him the entire game. I think a floor for Lindsey this week. It's 16 points if in a P, in a full point PPR if he's not being punished by the head coach. If he's not being punished and they're going to play with him, uh, play him like they normally would, I see a real good week for him. Okay. Uh, all right. So that's our long term, like the running back. And the only other really notable player that's on a bye, I think, is Devin Funches. And he's kind mm-hmm. of a wide receiver, too. Um, I don't know if you have any wide receivers that you would pick as a Hail Mary play. Yeah, I, I like uh, 
and it's funny because these guys should be owned more than they are, but Geronimo Allison is still available in a lot of leagues. I think he's like less than 50% owned, and then Callaway as well. Like I said, I'm, I believe it or not, I'm, I'm plugging in Cleveland Browns players ev- everywhere if I have an opportunity to because I think uh, with, with Baker Mayfield now, their they're offense is going to be more, di- more dynamic, and you can take a shot with a Callaway. Geronimo Allison is a no yeah, who's available to plug him in too, so. to this point, I still don't quite understand why people are still owning Randall Cobb and not Geronimo Allison because it seems pretty clear at this point that Geronimo Allison is the number three receiver there, and it shouldn't be Randall Cobb anymore. But Randall Cobb is still owned in the majority of leagues, so if you own him, I'd cut him. He had eleven targets last week, and he only had like three catches. That's not good. Yeah. No, I'm not putting Cobb on my team. If if uh, if Allison goes down with an injury, or if Devontae Adams goes down with an injury, I'm I'm definitely putting Cobb on my team. But for the time being, I'm staying away from him. Yeah, I think there's better options out there right now. Yeah, and I mean in terms of anyone else on a buy, uh, Olson's hurt, so he wasn't a factor. Uh, Jordan Reed really hasn't been too much of a factor yet. It is. But you're my... still playing Reed if you have him. You're yeah, still starting him. I think there's going to be a time coming pretty soon where you won't. But it's nice to see the guy staying healthy for once because that was a big uh, thing with him is that he couldn't stay healthy. But, I mean, I uh, if, if you're really in a pinch at tight end, like, uh, man, I don't know. If Jared Cook is still available in your league, like you go after him. Like, O.J. Howard is available in your league. Go get him. Like, I'm not even looking at Jesse James anymore after Vance McDonald on – uh, Monday night, like I think Vance McDonald has kind of emerged as that tight end you want to own in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm staying away from any tight ends in Pittsburgh. I don't want any part of it. Yeah. And you could that situation. It's just it. like it's just like the running back situation in uh, in Indianapolis. Yeah. You could easily also get a situation where the owner of George Kittle maybe cuts him, and I don't necessarily think that you should just abandon ship on George Kittle yet. I mean, we'll see. Him and Bethard apparently were like college roommates or something, so we'll see if that bond continues in the NFL. I think they played together a little bit last year, but that whole situation in San Francisco was a mess last year. No, I'm going with uh, so if I'm throwing up a hail mary at tight end this week again, I'm I'm going back to that Brownwell. I'm taking Njoku. That's that's I think there's absolutely opportunities available for him. Again, you're going to have for the first time this season, you're going to have. Uh, a defense that's actually playing honest against Carlos Hyde. So they're not going to be blitzing on everything. Um, you're going to be able to make some plays up the middle of the field. So that's – I'm liking that this week with Njoku. Yeah, that's not a bad call. Um, now let's, uh, let's talk about some guys we're not buying the hype on. So we're in week four now. Uh, there's a lot of guys. I think, we, I think week four or five is kind of when you really know – like who your starters are going to be going forward, like barring injury, of course. But you kind of know at this point, like, all right, this guy's my quarterback for the season. This is my run, my two running backs. I'm going to roll with and the wide. If you put together a good enough team, at this point, you should kind of, kind of know where things are going. Uh, but then again, there are some guys that at this point in the season kind of start to emerge. So this is going to be about some guys that you've kind of heard some stuff about, or you look at the rankings and you go, "Wow, that's crazy." but you don't buy the hype. Um, 
I'm going to start out with a quarterback for my Don't Buy the Hype, and I'm going to go with Ryan Tannehill. Uh, he's 12th in quarterback scoring. The team is 3-0. and um, But again, I'm not buying into the whole Ryan Tannehill thing in year whatever year we're in with him at this point. I'm, I just I don't see a reason why you would own him over guys like uh, uh, you know, Andrew Luck might be available in some of your leagues. Go out and pick him up over <laughs> Ryan Tannehill. Uh, you know, just to me, it's just a situation to avoid. So right now, I, 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 I've been bit by this snake in the past. I've, resor- I've resorted to using him when I've had to stream. But Andy Dalton's a guy I just don't buy the hype in. He he looks the part this year. He They're off. Offense looks like they're rolling. He looks like he has options. He's got a healthy AJ Green. Um, he has a really appeal appealing schedule moving forward. And I remember that being the case with him last year too, though. I remember a lot of people looked at Andy Dalton's schedule probably about the middle of the season. They're like, Andy Dalton's got to pick up. He's having a more effective NFL season this year than fantasy season, but. In terms of fantasy football, that doesn't always bear out the same way. But yeah, I agree with you. Andy Dalton is Andy Dalton and Ryan Tannehill are right next to each other in scoring, so I'd kind of avoid both those guys if I can. Look, look at this though, and this is—I don't buy the hype, but god damn it, I'm almost in on it. This is a coming schedule. He's got Atlanta, Miami, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, a bye week, and New Orleans. He's got Atlanta's been in a shootout every week. Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Tampa Bay. These are all shootouts. So he has tremendous upside moving forward. I just, from what I've seen so far, even though he's done what I just, I can't buy it, man. I've seen it too many times. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the Andy Dalton thing. You just don't want to buy into it because you've been bitten by that snake too many times. I mean, last week he threw like four interceptions, so. You just you don't want to. I don't. I, if you can avoid going there, I would definitely avoid going there. Uh, who's somebody you're not buying the hype on? Yeah, Ryan, uh, well, Andy Dalton, and I also, I, and I'm also not buying the hype on his teammate uh, Mixon. I, I'm, I'm not. I know a lot of people are saying, and he'll be fine after his. You know, it was a small surgery. That's that's fine. I don't want my running back getting getting surgeries on their knees and coming back in a couple of weeks, but. Uh, I, a lot of people are real high on Joe Mixon right now and moving forward. I still haven't seen enough personally. Um, he's gotten comparisons to Le'Veon Bell, which I, I I don't know. I think he's got so much hype behind him that I'm not I'm not buying into it at the moment. I need to see a lot more than what I've seen so far. For sure. Um, and my guy I'm not buying the hype on is Adrian Peterson. Uh, right now, he's seventh in scoring. I'm not buying him as a top 10 guy, which is what a lot of people seem to think he's going to be. I did say at the beginning of the season I thought he could be a top 15 guy. But even I'm watching him, and I just. There's just something about when I watch my guy. This is not something that's going to last all season with him. And it's strange how these games are happening. When yeah, he has they, these big games. He's having these big games at home. Yeah, 
I mean, Chris Thompson's a guy who's going to eat into his carries too, right? He's going to eat into his opportunities. He's going to take take away those those targets. So um, I, I think as the season goes on, he's only going to wear down. Uh, I, I'm playing him. He's on my team for sure. I'm still starting him. Um, but as far as the buying into what his current point total is, and is that going to continue? Then I'm probably not. Uh, so another don't buy the hype uh, wide receiver. Who you got? Well, my hype for this guy is only from last week, but I would not expect Jordy Nelson <laughs> to be a factor in anything moving forward. Uh, I don't know that Amari Cooper can make anything happen on that on that team. I don't know who's going to emerge as the top receiving option, but it's, I find it so hard to believe that it could potentially be Jordy Nelson. I mean, one of these guys probably has to emerge, right? It's got to be Cooper or it's got to be Jordy. Like, one of these two has got to, at some point, emerge as the wide receiver to own in Oakland. But, what? No, that's not true. Who else is there? They don't have to have a single ownable guy in Oakland. That's that's what I mean. You don't have to have an ownable guy. I think, uh, like, there's no one right now on, on Miami that I consider a startable player. I don't know that... I care to even own many of those guys. You know, I mean, a lot of people are in on Devontae Parker still. Kenny Stills had a nice game. Um, but in in Oakland, I don't know. I mean, who's going to be – is there going to be a 1,000-yard receiver on that team? Is there going to be anyone who has 100 receptions? There's not. So, you know, just because they're the best on that team, <laughs> I, that, that doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot right now. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with my guy for not buying the hype. I shouldn't say my guy because I'm basically shitting on this person. Um, Deshaun Jackson. Uh, right now he's seventh in wide receiver scoring. Uh, I, I don't think I believe this Tampa thing any more or less than I did last week. But I definitely know that he will not be a guy that when you get to the end of the season will be seventh in wide receiver scoring. I don't even know if he'll be in the top 20 of wide receiver scoring by the end of the season, you know? No, I'm with you. I, I think he, he's a guy who's going to break down, too. But, uh, no, I think that's a solid pick. That's a solid pick. Like I said, for tight end for me, I, I already told you, man, I'm I'm not buying the hype on any Steeler tight ends. So Yeah, that's why I have two. That's an ugly situation. I'm not dealing with either of those guys. Yeah, and for a frame of reference for tight ends, when we always say how ugly the position is, and if people don't believe us, Jesse James is seventh in tight end scoring right now. <laughs> so that should tell you how bad that position is. No, it's concerning, man. Uh, that uh, that tight end receiving core is really concerning. Speaking of concerns, let's polish this bad boy off. Let's Let's shine off the old hood. Let's polish off this episode of the podcast with... Some top guy concerns. Again, like I just said, it's we're coming up on week four and five when you kind of get what your team is. You kind of know what you're doing. You kind of have a good idea. So here are some guys that in our minds think we think we have some concerns with for whatever reasons we might have. And we'll start you off with Devin. Let's start with your quarterback top guy concern. Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck is concerning the hell out of me. I almost waited on him in every draft. The last quarterback that went off the board. And I 
was so pissed off and kicking myself that I didn't do that that same strategy. But there's some about it that I couldn't. I just couldn't do it. I had to take someone else. That's why I, you know I targeted Rivers uh, late in a lot of leagues. I targeted uh, Cousins, Wentz. Those are the guys that I was going at. Even though I liked Luck better, I couldn't take him. Um, and after the first couple weeks of the season, that offense isn't looking great. They don't have a running game. There's, they're, they're just waiting back on luck. He's making a lot of mistakes. So, man, I, I hope, I hope that guy can turn it around. But right now, I'm not starting him. I'm not picking him up. I think he's, I think he's unowned in two, uh, the two leagues I'm in. He just got dropped this week, and I, I'm not, I'm not going near him. He might, he might be worth a flyer. Pick him up, and hopefully later on this year, once they get stuff going. Yeah. Uh, I agree with that to an extent. I think he'll pick it up late in the season, but the fact that they needed a Hail Mary, which is the name of our podcast, at the end of their game, and they decided to go with Jacoby Brissett instead of Andrew Luck is a bit concerning. Um, But my next guy, I'm going to name some names to you, Devin, and compare and contrast here a little bit. So I'm going to name some names. Blake Bortles, Joe Flacco, Ryan Tannehill, Andy Dalton, all guys ahead. Oh, and and Matt Ryan, all guys ahead of this man who was the consensus number two or three quarterback taken in drafts, and that is Russell Wilson. I am really concerned with the way this, this offense is operating right now. I am really concerned with just, I don't know who their running back is. Like, it looks like it's Carson, but he also had to do... He had to run the ball 32 times to get 100 yards. Like, Will Disley, a blocking tight end, is like their leading receiver at this point. It's just a weird situation, and he is kind of not being able to do the thing that he was best at, which was running. He only has 21 rushing yards this year. That's crazy. That's because he's running backwards. He's running away from defenders. Blake Bortles has 104 rushing yards. Like... That's almost a hundred more yards than Russell Wilson. That's crazy. So I'm not buying. I I am concerned about Russell Wilson. I am concerned about that Seattle team. Who are somebody that you're concerned with? Uh, well, I'm less concerned with Russell Wilson because with Doug Baldwin coming back this week, uh, which I believe he will be back this week, and I think you're going to start to see. And I hope to God he's not a decoy. That would that would rain on my parade. I, I've been waiting for Baldwin to come back so I could plug him in. Um, but I think once he's back, Lockett's kind of emerged. Uh, Disley's a, a, a weird situation, um, and obviously the, the the running backs are a mess. But I, I think with him back, Russell Wilson's going to be doing a little better. Um, someone who I am concerned with at, at running back though right now is Dalvin Cook. Missed last week. I, I really don't think that he should play this week against the Rams. Uh, but if he missed if he missed two games, and you drafted Dalvin Cook, this is this is not a great start to the year for you. He he didn't he didn't look great in the first two games. If he misses two in a row, it's it's ugly. It's ugly. I'm I'm pissed if I'm a Dalvin Cook owner right now. I get that, but at the same time, like I think you, I think you should have been smart when you drafted him, kind of knowing that he wasn't going to start out like balls to the wall. You know, I kind of even said this last week. Like, 
week six is kind of around the time when I would start to get a little bit concerned with him. I'm not quite there yet. But I mean, if like you 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 drafted him kind of knowing this is what you're expecting, right? I mean, coming in. No, this, I don't think so. But then, okay, then then no, what, I don't then, think what, so. then what are you then what are you doing? Why aren't you paying attention? Why are people drafting him with the expectation he's just going to come back and just be great? Like after that surgery, which is historically known as a surgery that guys don't come back from well the first year. With a few because exceptions. Because, no, because with Kirk Cousins on that team, you'd expect him to be a PPR threat at the least. At the very least. But that's not what he was last year. But that's but it's not going to be Latavius Murray on that team who's going to be the PPR threat. So you would expect Dalvin Cook to be the guy getting receptions out of the backfield. But he hasn't been able to... You know, it just might not be the game script at the time, but that's something I'm worried about. If he's not able to rush on the ground, and he's missing games, and he's not a PPR threat, then what is he? Yeah. No, I get it. I just, I don't, I think if you drafted Dalvin Cook with no expectations, it might be a little bit of a rocky road for you going into the season. Like, I really think that around the playoff time, if you get to the playoffs and Dalvin Cook is one of your running backs, I really think you're going to benefit from that. I just, I never expected, that's why I would never take him. If I could have gotten Dalvin Cook late, like Rashad Penny late, like that would have been interesting because then you're like, this is a guy I'm not particularly relying on now. But when it gets to the end of the season, he's a guy I want on my team. So hopefully people get panicky and they cut Dalvin Cook and benefit some other people in some other leagues. Yeah, no one's cutting Dalvin Cook. I'm sorry. What if he goes on IR? If he goes on, then you're cutting him. I'll pick him up. Uh, On my running back, um, it's not someone who's injured. And it's not even necessarily someone who's particularly struggling. It's just somebody on, like, it's on an offense that I just think is bad. And that's Ezekiel Elliott. Now, the fact that Ezekiel Elliott went so high in draft is why I'm so concerned. I just think that that, I watched that team play, and if anybody just figures out that just make Dak Prescott beat you, like, it's not going to happen. So I think it's some, uh, Elliott's been able to make kind of, like, something out of nothing, but I really think that at some point, like, if you just key in on Ezekiel Elliott, I think you can stop the Cowboys. Like, there's no wide receivers on that team that scare me whatsoever. Last week, they had to go to Tavon Austin. And it's just like, that's not the right team for Tavon Austin. Tavon Austin should be on a team like the Chiefs or the Patriots or some some place where, the, where the, that weird shit works. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I don't like that. I don't like that wide receiver situation in Dallas. And I also, I don't like when we're talking about, it, I don't like uh, T.Y. Hilton's situation right now in Indianapolis, uh, you know, being concerned with, with Andrew Luck. They're obviously tied together, uh, goes hand in hand, but Hilton's a guy I was concerned with before the season. He was a guy I was staying away from in drafts and he's done nothing so far this year to make me think that he should be starting on my team. He's, he's a wide receiver two right now in 12 team leagues. Uh, for PPR, but uh, man, five for fifty last week against Philly. He should have an easier week against Houston this week in New England and the Jets. But I, I'm just—he's not a guy I'm comfortable with. The, his most the top yardage this year is 83 yards through three games. Yeah, it's a. 
I get it. I just I just think that if anybody on that Indianapolis team, he's the one guy you want to own. Because even in Andrew Luck's early season struggles, I just think that he's been he hasn't been terrible. He's been better than I thought in in terms of what I thought T. Y. Hilton would be. Like, I don't know, I didn't I T. Y. Hilton is either was was a guy who was either one catch for fifty yards or three catches for 160 yards, you know what I mean? So if he's getting some more volume than what you're used to, then, you know, I, I'm not. But then again, you drafted him super high. I You know, you draft 15, 21, 10. Those are his point totals so far. Like, I don't know. He's getting a lot more catches than I thought he'd get, though. You know what I mean? 5, 7, and 5, like you just said. Like, I don't know. I get the, I get the concern, though. Uh, my concern is with uh, Tyler Lockett. And I say that mostly because Baldwin's coming back this week. And traditionally, when those two guys are on the field together, Lockett does not play the same. He'll have a good game here or there, but he's nowhere near as consistent as when Baldwin is in the game. Now, if Baldwin is a decoy, that's a different story, but we don't know that for sure right now, what Baldwin will be when he comes back. I know you're rooting for him to come back and be a big-time player. I don't think he will. I think he'll be a you know, low-end wide receiver, too, or flex play this week if he plays. But that, I think that's that's fine with me. If, you, if you're a Baldwin owner, that's what you're hoping for this week. And two weeks from now, you're hoping that he's a wide receiver one again. But for now, you're hoping for a wide receiver, two or flex play. So in your mind, you're starting Doug Baldwin this week if he plays? Yeah. I, I think that's crazy. I think that's no, insane. Coming off, an, in the membrane, coming off an injury, like I, I, I'd, I'd, I want to see it first because he could always come back and then just go out. But well, that's what I'm saying. He could be a decoy too. He could come in there, he could start, and he'd just run routes, and that's it. But he's they're going up against, you know, they're going to have a lot of options and opportunities against the Cardinals. Yeah. Um. You know. So I'm. I'm not. Uh, yeah, it's not a team that I'm thinking twice about. I'll put them in. I'll put them in a flex play. I'm fine with that. That team plays very differently on the road than they do at home, and you can clearly see it in the first two weeks of the season what they looked like when nobody wanted a part of that team at all, and what they looked like last week when they were playing at home. So I don't know. That's my hesitancy with the Seattle Seahawks is they are two different teams. I don't know. Um. My top guy concern at tight end, I talked about it a little bit earlier, but uh, it is Zach Ertz. Like I said, there was some hope when you drafted Zach Ertz that maybe he jumps into tight end number one territory. But I think if Dallas Goddard continues to emerge the way I think that the Eagles want him to, I think we have another situation where they were a few years ago when they had Brent Selleck and they had Ertz. And there was two of them, and neither one of them emerged because they both got the targets. If Goddard gets the targets that Ertz was getting when Selleck was the starter, I don't think that I want to play Zach Ertz weekly. Like, you're not going to bench him because you don't have a better option. But if that turns into that situation, I'm very, very concerned. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're putting the cart before the horse there. I'm not concerned about that at all. I think Ertz is going to be fine play them if you, if you have them there's not going to be a there's not going to be a time where you're concerned about starting him because of goddard so i think maybe 
long term. You could see a decline in his in his uh, opportunities, but uh, as of right now, I'm 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 not worried if I'm an Ertz owner. Uh, I am worried if I'm a if I'm a Kyle Rudolph owner. I think the way he's been utilized in this offense is not what I thought it would be. I thought that uh, Kirk Cousins' uh, relationship that he'd built with Jordan Reed would somehow transfer over magically to uh, to Kyle Rudolph, and that just hasn't hasn't really happened yet. So uh, I'm 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 watching that situation very carefully. Even though he's been playable the first three weeks, Kyle Rudolph's a guy that I'm monitoring and. Uh, <laughs> and and crossing my fingers that he does something sooner or later. Yeah, and part of the reason I think I think there's a certain strategy certain people use. I always kind of look at things as like long term. Like I don't necessarily go, well, I'm going to be okay for the next couple of weeks. I want kind of guys that are going to help me in the long run. So like kind of what you said about Ertz, like it doesn't affect him right now, but it could affect him in the future. Like that's what I'm concerned about. I'm not concerned right now. I don't think it's a problem, but towards the end of the season, if they start to give that guy a little more run, I really feel like it's a pr- it could be a problem. But the sure. Rudolph, the Rudolph thing, I, I don't know. I just I haven't particularly been a fan. That that offense seems to be a little more inconsistent than I thought. It seems to me that the only yeah, guy think- you really want to own is Thielen. I think right now, uh, Rudolph, the end zone reindeer, is the majority of his his points have come off of two touchdowns right now. So he's fifth. He's fifth place amongst all tight ends, uh, but the two touchdowns are what really has him there. So and that's that's it, right? You expect him to be an end zone guy. You expect him to be the red zone the red zone threat. Um, so that's nice, but I want to see more catches throughout the game. I want to see more targets throughout the game. Yeah, I mean, I think what you've gotten from uh, the first, the last two games, I think that's kind of what you're going to get from him going forward. So, I mean, if you want more, I guess you got to got to hit up Kirk Cousins on Twitter, I guess. Hey, Kirk, do me a favor. And uh, we're going to do you a favor, and we're going to get out of here. Does that sound good to you, Devin? That sounds great to me, man. I'm so sick of talking to you. Wow. Uh, well, we'll see uh, if there's a week five of this podcast after that comment. Uh, in any event, um, we might have to do this again next week, uh, the whole Skype scenario situation. Um, but we'll see. I think we'll be fine. Are you out of town? I might not be able to come to town. Uh, we can talk about that. Uh, I will be in Las Vegas this weekend, so if you're listening in Las Vegas, come say hi. That's awful. All right. Thanks, guys. Anyway, uh, this has been week four of the Hail Mary Fantasy Football Podcast, and here's Devin actually signing off this week because it, it's not me. Oh, well. Give us a sign-off ya. line, Devin. Uh... Have a good one. Mm.